0: Alright, today's podcast is brought to you by Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, it's one of the premier Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu schools in uh, the Northeast. Three teaching black belts with uh, Roberto, my uh, lineage. Uh, it's a good place to train. Part of uh, Seco Sports Club's complex. They've got showers, pools, hot tubs, sauna, steam rooms, weights, cardio, etc., etc., etc. What do you find in your normal, average, everyday gym, including... A whole lot of rolling. Uh, you can go to the website portcitybjj.com dot com um, and check them out. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Sharp Iron Society. With well, Derek and Scott, today we are sitting down with...
1: Um, my best friend in the entire world. A real American hero. Uh, <laughs> active active duty military. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu blue belt. Uh, hunter. All-around great guy. Josh Vanderley. What's up, buddy? What's up, fellas? Good to be home. Yeah. Um, so little info on josh and i's relationship uh met him at a bar in portsmouth new hampshire while he was
0: aren't all great relationships started at a bar
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that <laughs> 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 that's a really bad one started bars too actually um so i met him at a bar in portsmouth while he was uh stationed here in this area um you're in the navy i am i'm a navy corpsman 15 years and counting um, career military uh and he was interested in jiu-jitsu so he came in and and started doing jiu-jitsu with us and we just struck up you know a good relationship and been uh best friends ever since
2: well you yelled at me my first day because (laughs) because slamming bodies isn't allowed and i didn't know i thought i would like to consider myself pretty alpha and i was in there getting savagely molested by smaller men, and I couldn't handle it. And so I just Hulk smashed somebody, and then you barked at me. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And they're like, oh, he owns the place. So choke slamming's not okay? No. No? Okay. I got choked by the same collar choke like five times in a row, and I couldn't figure out
1: I was getting choked by my fucking pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, he picked some kid up and slammed on his back, and I gave him the what for about not doing that. and uh, Which he didn't have to because the kid choked me instantly after I did it. Well, I kind of had to because he was just going to keep slamming people. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> Mind you, at the time, he didn't have this sweet mustache he's got going on. So everyone took him a little more seriously. That thing
0: is pretty burly.
2: <laughs> it's
1: rant. My wife hates it.
2: Hates it.
0: Yeah, they say something about it, like, gets up their nose and they're kissing them and all that stuff. And yeah,
1: I don't listen to my wife enough to know what she's talking about when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so ever since then, you know, um, well, Abe had pestered me over and over and over and over about coming down. I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll go right. Uh, yeah, and here he is. You know, how back long in we, the woods in New Hampshire. Right. How long have we been friends now? How, how what year was that? How many years ago was that? Gotta be uh, over three years ago. Yeah. You know, well, how long have you been? Well, the other thing about Josh is, Josh is um, so committed to his military career that. Um, while he was here in New Hampshire, he got married to a resident (laughs) of New Hampshire and then got stationed back in California. So, um, he moved all the way back to California away from his wife and and new family, um, to continue, uh, serving our country. Um, and that's something I want to talk about more in depth, like what the choices were and why he made that choice. I mean, he's told me, but you know, I think it's something to be, you know, uh, aware of that people do this stuff all the time. Um, but you've been there for almost two, right? Uh, a year and a half. Right. A little year and a half. So right I, don't, a I remember half. we were in the old building when you started doing jiu-jitsu in the, in the yeah. mill. Yeah. So that was uh, four years ago. So I, see, I feel like we've been friends now for over five years. Like
2: uh, No, because I didn't move to New Hampshire until March of 11. So... so could have been friends mm. in a past life like i'm
1: starting to believe in that shit for sure. <laughs> what, what do you, so what do you what do you think we were doing in our past life that made us friends
2: uh, probably same bullshit we do now <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh yeah so um you're, no, you're home visiting right? yeah you're home visiting two and weeks uh just for
2: the holidays um it's tough it is but we both made me and ray both made the the decision that because i wanted to get out i, can, I don't want to say i'm over it that's not the right term it's just i've dedicated so much of my life to the military that sometimes you just get burned out i've kind been on of, six deployments man i've been
1: kind of feel like it's
2: iraq twice afghanistan twice and
1: coming to a close hey
2: calm yeah you calm. it's just i'm burnt right but then i'm at my over 15 years now and i'm Less than five years from a pension, and I'll retire at 38. That's crazy. And then go get a job that's actually going to require me to interact with normal people. <laughs> <laughs> I, have be, I have to be PC and all right. shit like that. Uh, when somebody's wrong, you don't, you don't get to yell at them anymore. Oh, it's the best because I can I can go off. I light people up like a fucking Christmas tree all day long. <laughs> And just, you dumb motherfucker, you stupid fuck. This, I'll get people get killed, you cunty fuck. Get out of here. And Ryan's like, oh, I wish I could talk to people like that at work. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty sweet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what do you do exact? I mean, I know that a lot what of What are this- you doing right now? Right. Like, what do you so Yeah.
2: My career started as uh, infantry corpsman. Just, uh, I was in. I joined the Navy in 2000. I. Uh, did the typical corpsman pipeline, if you will. Uh, corpsman, people don't know, it's just a paramedic. Most, you'll hear people call them medics. We're not medics, we're corpsman. It's our thing, because we're attached to the Marine Corps, the Fleet Marine Force. And uh, so I went boot camp, hospital corpsman A school, and then field medical service school, and I got sent straight to the infantry. And it was just like, feed me to the fucking wolves. I didn't know, it. I just didn't know as, what to Just as
0: reference a timeline, how long does that usually take?
2: Shit, I hadn't even been in a year yet by the time I hit my first infantry battalion. Jesus. Yeah. So about ten months. And uh so I went to uh First Battalion submarines, we we're stationed twenty on Palms and then I was there not very long and they're like, Hey, we need corpsmen at second, but second battalion submarines and so I went with them, went to Company G, the gunfighters, Gulf Gunfighters. That's where my heart is, man. I mean, I did my first deployments, My some of the best friends I'll ever have are in there. And then uh did, went to hospital after that, Went bounced around the globe, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my career. And then I hit like my 10 year mark and I was like, ah, fuck, you know, I'm halfway there. I may as well do it. And then, well, I started getting promoted and the more you get promoted, the more money you make. And I'd say like the money's not great. Like, my base salary is shit. It's like $3,400 a month. But you get housing allowances and you get food allowances. And so it adds up. So compared to most of America, I would say that probably that's what's done it. Like, the amount of money I'm making. Like <laughs> right. If people, it's silly to think that way. It's, yeah, I, I get it. I'm a fucking patriot, but let's get serious. Like, I can still be a patriot and not get fucking shot at. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that is true. I remember one time you said something funny, and it like it was like one of those things where like, you know, you hear all these guys. Like, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Talk. We always talk about Jocko Willink and like how legendary that guy's mindset is, and like, or whatever. And we were listening to, and he said, "How about going to Ramadi it was like the best time of his life," and I was like. That's fucking crazy. It's like the worst place on Damn the face man. of the planet. Yeah. But then one time you said to me this last time when you were, you know, deployed somewhere that wasn't very exciting, you were like, Man, I can't take this, it's boring, whatever. You're like, I'm a gunfighter at heart. Like, that's what you like are trained to do. And that was one of those things that like it really resonated. I'm like, oh, like you can be a totally like normal, cool person and if that's what like you know and what you're used to, like that's what you want to do. And, you don't know
2: adrenaline until you're in a firefight i mean right you guys handle weapons all the time but i'll tell you what man the first time your fucking asshole puckers up and you hear (laughs) that sound like the most distinct sound in the world is the sound to me is the sound of 762 cracking over your head i know that sound (laughs) (laughs) that i mean you're like whoo it's it's time get it now right jesus Uh, So, um, yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about on that deployment. I was like, I'd rather this fucking deployment sucks. I'd rather be I'd rather be in combat. Right. So it's all about perspective. I mean, like
0: musicians will go out every day and play the guitar and they'll get up on stage and be like, man, this is what I was born to do. Right. Why is that any different for somebody that's going into combat?
1: Right. Well, it's also uh, so. um, You're a survival instructor here in. The northeast, yeah, with the Sears School, which is a pretty awesome job. That's when I met you. I know you, um, and then you went back to you stationed at Pendleton now. Yeah, and you're talking about how this is the first time you got put on a boat. Your entire yeah, I've been in the Navy for 15 years, and they're like, yeah, I got you, bitch. Time to fucking see <laughs> see what a boat's like. So, uh
2: it's awful, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you went to Japan. Yeah, Japan. We're on the
2: 31st Mew Marine Expeditionary Unit worst, if you will. You just we're the Maritime Landing Force, essentially. Um, the most for, the forward is deployed, ready for ready for anything.
1: Um, so I don't know if you can, if, if this is going to be an easy thing for you to do, but I think one of the also the things that I like talking to you about, and one of the most interesting things that we've talked about, whatever, is I seem like every time I talk to you about something that's happening in the world somewhere, you've been there. Um, you're always like, you're like I went there once. I went there once. And you tell me what it's like being there. And um, I think that's one of the as far as you know, you've told me about some you know some horrific things that you know that you've experienced. I mean, well, that I would consider horrific. You know, some stuff that I wouldn't wish upon anybody. As far as like going to Iraq and Afghanistan and being deployed, but I also feel like your military career has um, allowed you to have this really fulfilling life. As far as you've seen a lot as far as the globe, you know, some different cultures and stuff like that. Um, Where have you been? (laughs) Like, where? Uh, I mean, it's easy to say CENTCOM, PACOM, UCOM,
2: things like that. Uh, Europe, Italy, Spain, Romania, Bulgaria, uh, Sicily, Kyrgyzstan briefly. I think it was Kyrgyzstan. One of those really fucking Iron Curtain, cold. (laughs) <laughs> countries is gnarly I remember when we uh because we staged there before we went to uh Afghanistan 2010 it was in January it was oh it was so cold it felt a little, a little like here in the winter like about the <laughs> February time frame and I remember getting off the plane we're walking across the tarmac and I hear my buddy behind me his name's C-Mac and he goes hey yo doc this Russia it ain't so tough rocky uh rocky floor reference it was assholes and the rest of the punchline was you
1: don't remember you don't remember oh yeah polly yeah. uh, uh,
2: but it was we staged there before we went to uh the big push in 2010 because i was supposed to go to the fucking philippines uh Mendanao, zamboanga and hang out with uh detachment down there it was I think seal team nine i was just going to be support for them just work out hang out at the beach all day in the philippines making like it was supposed to be something ridiculous like 130 dollars a day per diem hazardous duty imminent danger pay all that bullshit and I, was, I was stoked i was like i'm gonna come back with like 60 g's buy a fucking Range Rover. No, I went to Iraq. And, or, and, and, and said, <laughs> like in, the president said, no, 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 no. There's... We got stuff to do. There's people to take care of. Right. But it's, it's fun. Uh, going back to the infantry as a, as a unit leader now is different. It was different. Um, I'm not a platoon corpsman anymore, so I went back as the senior medical department representative for enlisted. And so now I have 60 fucking... Kids, man, kids, nineteen years old, but born in the nineties. Kids, and uh, like freshmen, like when I was like born when I was a freshman in high school.
1: Well, those one of the things you're telling me about how how different it is from when you were yeah. in the like, infantry to now. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, society's changed. Like the right.
2: whole, like, the military culture has changed significantly. I mean, uh, mothers of America, uh, social media has changed the way we really interact like everybody walks around with a fucking tiny computer in their pocket now and uh back then like when i told when i was a boot i told first start i'd tell my platoon sergeant i was gonna be one place i'd tell the bas i was gonna be another place and i'd be gone in the fucking ether they had no idea where i was and then uh so now i can track anybody down <laughs> it basically like turn your fucking give me your iTunes information, bitch. Oh, i fucking know where you are. I'll track your shit. Because. Wow, you actually, you track. No. Like, the, no? I, I wish I could. Like, I've tried it. <laughs> so I've tried so it. You have, you have You have <laughs> my phone. Like, you have problem kids. Like, you, you give me 60 fucking Cormen. Not all of them are going to be awesome kids. Right. Like, you're going to have a piece of shit that you want to f- f- throat punch, for lack of a better term. But it was definitely different because now I'm responsible for assigning those individuals to take care of said group of marines like the way of company and battalions broken down battalions are broken down in the companies companies are broken down in the platoons platoon squads fire teams blah, blah blah and so now i'm responsible for taking Corman a and putting him in company b third platoon or whatever actually i just give them to the companies the companies disseminate them however you want and then yeah i gotta i gotta sleep good at night knowing that hopefully if we go to combat that I put the right personnel person need to, go. to take care of those marines in that extraordinary situation right and then if one of those kids died like that's the other thing that's on your conscience too you're like fuck can I answer can I answer to the parents and these families of these kids if, if somebody gets gets killed I mean because I'm not on the front lines anymore I'm fucking in the rear with the gear I'm headquarters like I make sure the colonel has the information, colonel and sergeant major have the information they want. So I'm, I'm sitting on camp cupcake while they're fighting
1: wars now. Well, I mean, I, from, as a, as a personal input, you know, I'm happy because, you know, we're really close friends and, you know, I, I consider your family and I'm glad you're not on the front lines anymore, but that was one of the things that you said to me when you, like we talked about you, you know, reenlisting, I guess, and, and getting redeployed or whatever and you told me that you felt like you needed to go because now you're in a position of leadership yeah and definitely i feel like um conversations that we've had and hopefully you know conversations we continue to have and hopefully get to podcast them so people out there (laughs) kind of get to know you and get to know what people are going through in the military i I personally wouldn't want to have anybody else do it because you have um a good perspective and a, and a nuanced opinion about things. You're not just blindly, you know, towing a line and stuff like that. And I feel like you know from experience what, you you, you are the one who can make those calls about who needs to go where most responsibly, you know?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a funny machine, like the military really, especially like my job. I was talking to uh, one of our unit leaders the other day, one of my senior enlisted, and I was like, I want to go back to a battalion. I'm in headquarters battalion now, but I want to go back to an infantry battalion just because there's unit leaders and senior enlisted that have zero fleet marine force experience. And those guys aren't going to know how to take care of those junior, those corpsmen in those situations. Like, they're really going to struggle. And I was like, please send me out there. Let me help mentor somebody who's supposed to be senior enlisted leader just so they don't, Get shit on by the by the chain of command, essentially. Right. But I don't know. We'll see. I want to go. I want to go to Thunder and Third <laughs> Balls of the Core three one. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: So you joined the military in two thousand ten. No. What? Huh? When did you join the military? Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. All right. So. Um. That was before 9-11. Yeah, that was a fucking trip, man. Well, what what prompted you to join the military in the first place? Um, uh,
2: you've known me long enough to know that I'm about sharp as a fucking marble. So,
1: <laughs> I, let me tell you
2: how far I would have gotten in school.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe.
2: I'm pretty sure my grandfather nailed it. He's just like, you're going to go to college. You're going to do a bunch of fucking drugs. You'll have some chick pregnant you're going to not finish school and be working at the
1: fucking mill like me. So I was like, yeah, sorry. you <laughs> fell Not out. for you. Right. Yeah, like, eh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for more the confidence. Grandpa. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Good talk, old man.
0: So that explains why you were like, you were, you were in for a year and all of a sudden went into combat. Um, so just 2000, I mean, well, I
2: knew like, I got, I was always interested in medicine. I really was like, I, uh, when I was in high school, I took uh, sports medicine classes at the college and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, I want to be a physical therapist. I want to do this and that. Blah, blah, blah. And then I joined the military because a fucking recruiter duped me. He didn't really dupe me. Like, <laughs> I was going to join the military, but I, I'm not going to lie. I tried to go to the fucking Air Force because eh, it's a little easier. Shit's easier over there. I mean, but looking back now, I made the best decision of my life, becoming a corpsman. I mean, with the most decorated rate in the Navy. I mean... War Medal, of Honours,
1: Bronze Stars, Navy Crosses, Silver Stars, and any other uh, core in the military. I also feel like it was one of the best decisions of your life, too, because you have, I mean, after everything that's going on in your life, you live a pretty hectic life now. You don't live, you know, that that standard lifestyle as everybody else, but you're in a really good position, I feel, you know what I mean? Like, you you have a, a, a wife that loves you, you just bought a house here in, in the seacoast, and, uh, you know it's better than going to college and doing a bunch of drugs and getting some girl pregnant. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like you made it a lot. You made it pretty far.
2: I'm really proud that I made it so far in my life without getting married. If that's if you understand, I mean, you gotta understand just cause I didn't do it young. I was able right. to like grow up, experience life and see what I really wanted. And now I have all these fucking kids that come to me like, Hey, H1, Oh, uh, uh, I need to take leave as I'm getting married. I'm like, what do you mean getting married? You were, fucking left and right swiping Tinder two days ago Right. The fuck you mean oh I met this girl at stagecoach and you but know, I love her I love her and I was like what? And I, you can't tell them no Like right. you can't tell these kids no like, right. you just try to offer them as much counseling as you want and I, I tell them all the time I'm like just fucking wait I went until lost 32 bro right. do that
1: well that's like rehab. Uh, and there are also kids that like, yeah. Um, so like we're telling Jeffrey, Jeffrey, right. Well, we that's what him? I was going to bring up. Is was like, we have kids that train at the Academy at, uh, Port City BJJ who are in college and, um, you know, they're make, talking about making all these commitments and, you know, um, we'll get to talk about this one kid that, um, you know, looks like a fucking underwear model. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get all three of them to sit down because they all have, I'm, you know, I feel like anybody who does jiu-jitsu kind of has a different perspective. I know, like, jiu-jitsu is, like, the lens that I see life through. And uh, these kids are picking up that lens a lot earlier than I did. But even with all that, they're still picking up... They're making commitments for the near future that I'm like, no, like... Well, go live out of a backpack and make mistakes yeah. and, and figure out what you want out of life. You know, you're young enough where you can recover. You can blow all your money. You can have bad credit or whatever. And then decide what you want to do with 30. Live paycheck
2: to paycheck like I did for the first, I don't know, 14 years of my career. Right.
1: Until <laughs> 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 you got married and you decided you couldn't do that anymore. Until <laughs> I had to grow up. But yeah, I'm like, go. like I think that's one thing. Um, and it may be jujitsu's fault because you learn how to commit to something if you want to be good at it. But I'm like, you need to not, no, don't do that. Not like take risks. You know, get out there and get out of your comfort zone and whatever. And I well, feel like uh, that's that's also something I'm really envious about you. Is you, 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 we. And I feel like there's a lot. That's a military trait too. Is like we can go anywhere and you can make friends with anybody. You can yeah, talk. to definitely. Whoever, whatever. Rayanne, I, I.
2: You've told me this. Rand told me this. Like I can go. Like that's how I met Abe. And that's how I met people. I just go sit at the bar and be a dude drinking beer at a bar, watching the game, and I can strike up a conversation with.
1: Anybody. Right. And I've seen it first thing. I'm Like, what the fuck are you talking to this guy for? I'm like, You see what he's wearing? And you're like, oh no, he's cool. I'm like, all right. If you're cool. You say so,
2: dude. Well, I also have a savage next to me in case he tries any fucking anything silly. I'm like, oh, maybe you don't know my friend, the darkness. He's my dark
1: passenger. I didn't I didn't give myself that nickname, just to let you guys know. <laughs> sure you did. No, it's um No, the
2: military's been very rewarding, but I'm definitely ready to move on, move home, and be here with my friends and my family. Second part of your life. Yeah, man. I mean, I'll still be young. I'll be 38, and I'll get a pension. I mean, however little it is, it'll cover my mortgage. That's what's important. Right. That'll cover the mortgage, then I'll do whatever to make
1: ends meet. I also, I mean, I don't know about Josh, because Josh has a lot of cool things and likes to buy cool things, like...
2: Well, that got fucking. I got the reins pulled back on me. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I feel like at this point in my life, I'm trying to downsize so much. Like, uh, I want such a life. I know you're always posting those tiny house shit. Right. <laughs> well, I want. I want such. I want such low life overhead that any amount of money is fuck you money. Like, I yeah. can like, hat if I don't want to do something, I don't have to do it because oh, I need to pay the bills. You know what I mean? That's what. That's where I'm trying to go in my life, and that, that ties back to the things I was talking about with with the guys, those young kids at the academy is I don't, I just kind of figured out in my 30s what kind of life I want to lead, you know what I mean? I want, I want to do stuff and not have stuff and I feel like, you know that's where I want to go in my life and at 38, you've done a bunch of stuff and you've seen a bunch of stuff, you kind of know what you want out of life and you're going to get a pension so that if you wanted to, you could still live that life because of the military.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely banking on i just want i definitely want shit to be simpler right and it can be and once i uh the, being a geographical bachelor right is r- really tough because i have i have expenses that i wouldn't n- normally have like i have a mortgage here but i'm paying rent there mm. i drive so far to work i had to buy a commuter car mm. and like it's not that i drive so far to work it's just i didn't you know how much i love the jeep like right. i don't want to break it any more than i have to <laughs> right <laughs> that fucking money pit
1: right but yeah um so 9-11 happens so i will never i think
2: anybody who is old enough to understand 9-11 will never forget where they were when it happened i would li- absolutely i
1: can yeah i can hey. tell you where i was for sure
2: i was we we're training oh golf gun fighters in the middle of the mojave desert in 29 palms range 410 alpha and we're just we just uh woken up for the morning because we're west coast this is all happening out here we're on the west coast like sun just come up um i remember seeing the battalion commander his Hummer just ripping across the fucking desert towards our our paws and uh, we're a bunch of fucking dumbass Marines. They're just like sitting around, waking up, rolling stuff in our sleeping bags, into our bivvies, and what have you. And uh, he gets out with Sergeant Major. But Sergeant Major was driving, and everybody was like, why the fuck is Sergeant Major driving? Sergeant Major's old as fuck. He doesn't drive. That's what he has a Lance Corporal for. <laughs> and uh, he walks up to our company commander and our company leadership, talks to them, gets back in the gets back in their Hummer and starts zooming across the desert towards Echo Company, who is that American mine. And uh, we get sk- school circle. I'm sure you've heard the term hey, school circle around me. And then yeah. we school circle around uh, the company leadership. And he's like, there's been a terrorist attack on the World Trade Center and the, and, and, the Pentagon. And like the smart ass 19 year olds we are, we're like, it was kind of a stupid fucking way to motivate us to run this bullshit range again Because those of you listening who know what range 400 is, there's a few far between that know. But it's probably about a mile long and you're just running across the desert with live ammunition as a platoon shooting pop-up targets until you get to the objective and you clear the objective with uh, heavy machine gun fire and uh, shoulder launch rocket small rocket you say stupid i say that sounds awesome yeah (laughs) that's because you haven't had to do it a thousand (laughs) fucking times in the mojave desert like that's what people want to say it's the mojave desert it's called a fucking desert for a reason (laughs) it's a million degrees and uh so at that point like we kind of got some some backlash from the platoon sergeants and first sergeant hey you stupid motherfuckers this really happened blah, blah, blah. And we were the air contingency battalion at the time. So we packed our bags, had to hike all the way back to main side. It was about 11 miles across the desert. We get back to main side, we pack our, keep our gear packed, issue our weapons, and we're locked down to base for for like 96 hours. Locked down, couldn't go anywhere. The guys that lived in housing could go home to their families, but everybody else, we sat there and sat there and sat there and waited for like what are we doing like nobody believed it nobody believed it like we didn't have like there were cell phones back then right I didn't get my first cell phone until 2004 right and, and like everybody like, I was one of the only dudes that didn't have one we came when I came back from uh, Fallujah in 04 that's when I, like everybody was like are you gonna get a phone man I'm like yeah fucking, I'll get a phone right that's when I bought my first phone that was phone. still the
0: days of like the flip phone
2: <laughs> it wasn't even a flip phone it, actually it sort of looked like this it had a lot of buttons right and uh yeah T-Mobile <laughs> T-Mobile works So you guys got locked nowhere. down And no
0: TV nothing. Oh yeah we had oh. TV
2: and phones Like people calling their families And that was was weird It was like uh, the company commander And first sergeant XO Like the officers all had cell phones And they took them to the field And uh, they said If you are from New York City Or DC Or have family that work in the World Trade Center Or the Pentagon Call your family right now And that's what motherfuckers were like Huh? That really did happen. Like, right. if they're letting you, like, use a cell phone in the field, like, that shit happened. Jesus. And uh so we just hiked back. Because I joined before the war. Like, I never thought we'd go to fucking war. Like, I don't know, whatever. All I was right. 19, 18 years old. Like, I remember joining the military. Woo! I'm going to see the world. Yeah, I saw the world. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? One part of it.
1: Um. So... I mean, I can remember where I was when I was, um, when 9 11 when happened. I was a little younger than all you guys. I was a, a junior in high school. Tombler. When it happened. That's right. Don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I remember from, I mean, Scott can chime in and, and give some insight on this. And, uh, But I I remember it was, like, so unknown whether it was a terrorist attack or not. They were so quick to – or they weren't quick to call it a terrorist attack. There was a – you know, I I don't even remember. I mean, I was a dumb, you know, 17-year-old or whatever or 16-year-old when it happened. You know, didn't really know anything about the world and probably wasn't paying attention that much. I was like, oh, I get to go home early from school. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I feel like – I mean, even just, like, the thing that happened in San Bernardino, it was kind of the same, like – they didn't want to call it a terrorist attack right away yeah. from the media. Like that's 30 minutes from where I live now. That's crazy, man. We can talk about that too. That's nuts. But, um, when you, I don't know how to, did they like, did they just come right out and say to you guys, it was a terrorist attack. They knew right? it, it immediately assumed
2: it. Like, right. We're just like, Oh, I'm fucking terrorists at it again. like, I don't think they knew it was, uh, al-qaeda taliban or bin laden or whoever they tried to pin it on or whoever they government whatever title they want to put on the people that did it i don't know if they knew that but they just knew it's terrorism regardless of who it was i think it was was, terrorism some some
0: along the lines of like the first plane went in and then like uh they were like oh shit what's going on here and then the second one happened then they were like crap is a terrorist attack this is this is legitimately like like a war on america right um no i mean i remember being downtown boston copley square and like looking up at the tall buildings i'm like oh crap (laughs) son of a bitch (laughs) uh to get out of this town i gotta take the subway this is not a good idea (laughs) right
2: (laughs) can i get a boat
1: right right yeah man so San Bernardino is 30 minutes from. Yeah, me. so
2: well, I live in uh, a town called Wildomar. I like to call it Wild Omar. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> Wild Omar <laughs> in uh, Southern California's wine country, Temecula Valley. Um, yeah, it was just north. I remember I was at work. Or I was on Pendleton. I was at Camp Margarita. And uh, I remember like, somebody had said something like, "You see what happened in San Bernardino?" I was like, "No, what fucking happened in San Bernardino?" They're like, "Yo, they shot up some fucking some building." I was like, "Who?" And they're like, "I don't know." They, they ran. It was like two or three people fucking like, shot up a building and a black car and high speed chase. And I was like, "Why isn't the TV on? Why aren't we not watching this on the news <laughs> right now?"
0: <laughs> so, uh, given the, these, we're talking about attacks, I and mean, we've got San Bernardino and hosts of others that are happening, and. Things are popping up all the time on the internet. Like, like look what just happened here. Look who got arrested here. What's your, uh, I mean, given what you do, what's your opinion on what's going to happen?
2: My opinion on what's going to happen, what I feel we need, what needs to happen. I mean, there's a rabbit hole, really. <laughs> where I am in my life and where I am in my heart, like, I would love to send 1st Marine Division in there And just turn those countries into a fucking smoldering ruin like we did in 03 and 04. But now as a grown-up with a family and friends, I'm like, "Eh, you know, maybe, maybe not. (laughs) I don't want to do it. Um, I mean, all these things prompt so much stuff that I'm passionate about, like gun control. I don't want... I don't want any more gun control. There already is. Like, it sucks that we have to, we live in a society where these terrorist attacks are happening, but the government wants to take the way of protecting ourselves away from us. Absolutely, that's it's. it's I know it's, you're not, pro- right. I'm it's sure, not right. <laughs> I'm sure you guys probably, hopefully, agree with me on that. Um, I mean, in California, it's so hard to get a concealed carry. License. But it didn't stop anything it doesn't no it didn't stop anything and i've who knows like even if concealed carry law wasn't so strict in California, would somebody have been carrying a weapon inside that building probably not it would ha- probably would have happened in any ways regardless but I mean it's always just nice to know that if something happens, I'll have the opportunity to defend myself
0: it's, I mean that's part of our constitution right
1: <laughs> right. Uh, I also feel like this is one of those things where, like, it gets, it's, it's, it's beat like a dead horse. Like, it's, and I feel like at this point it's almost between, um, with the election coming up and things like that, it's just a talking point at this point. Just like, oh yeah like, like gay marriage was and all that stuff. Like, um. Like any rational, like if you stop and sit there and think about it, like, and it's not just a talking point to toe a line or whatever, you know, and you have a nuanced perspective and a nuanced thought about it. It's, I mean, you can come up with a pretty simple answer about like the fact that if you take people's guns away, People are still going to get guns. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like the war on drugs. drugs you know? it's yeah. like you, you make drugs illegal, it doesn't mean people are going to stop doing drugs. All you're going to do is stop the people who are law-abiding citizens who wouldn't shoot anybody anyway to not allow them to have a gun. You know? And, and the, oh, it is what it is. I, I hate that term. It is what it is, but
2: it fits. It's true. It is what it is just means it's bullshit. Like just right. say it. Just say right. it's
1: bullshit. Well, I mean, it, and I think it's one of those things too. Where it's like, uh, I mean, I see like to play devil's advocate a little bit. Like, I see the the snap, quick judgment, and the the passionate response about gun control. Like, I can see like where people freak out and like they want to have a an ed, like a an emotional response right off the bat. And I, I mean, I can see. Um, Like maybe not like as far as gun control, like making it harder to get a gun. You know what I mean? Like for, but then again, it's like, like same, like you always come back to that same point that like, if someone wants something bad enough, they're going to get it. So one of my old Marines
2: is a Chicago PD now. It's called Chirac for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) He got shot on duty. Went to Iraq twice. 0311 <laughs> slaying bodies over there. Comes back, not a scratch. Like, one year on the force in Chicago, he gets shot, busting, busting up a drug deal. That's crazy. Which, he's a cunt for doing that anyway. Like, that yeah, it was weed, bro, relax. Right.
1: Well, but, <laughs> he's just doing his job. Right. He's doing his but idea. it's also, I mean, like, what, what guy selling weed Carries a gun and shoots a cop. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, that's, that's a little fucking crazy. I'll tell you, it's, it's it's not a nice neighborhood
2: of Chicago. It's Humboldt Park. So some people see the ps- big bean. Don't go anywhere. Google Humboldt Park and you'll figure out who fucking did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know if that's a road you want to go down, Josh. I'll back it. Up. I, I stand by what I say. Whatever. If I offend you, stop being such a fucking pussy. <laughs> if you're offended by words, you're so weak. What that? Remember, I posted that meme at one time. Like, you're
1: so. Are you so weak that mere words hurt you? Right. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, like that's the other thing that like you know uh, we can talk about it, is like how like as far as so. Um, you have. We were talking about this on the way over about the election and things like that. About how what's going on politically affects your life a lot. Um, like, how do you feel about what's going on politically? Like, I, I'm.
2: Well, here's what I feel about it. I pretty much deleted all my social media besides Facebook, and I even took like the Facebook apps and everything off my phone just because I'm tired of being just inundated with propaganda. Like. I deleted... I deactivated my Instagram account. I deleted Twitter. I took the Facebook app off of my phone and my iPad. And so if I want to see it, I have to open it in a web browser. Right. And so I just... All I can do is vote, man. Like, I can do my part and I can vote. And hopefully the person I vote for wins. I mean... I have I'm a conservative by uh registration, if you will, but I have liberal views. Right. I have I have liberal views, I have conservative views. Like like I give a fuck about gay marriage. Right. Am I pro life? Yeah I'm pro life, but guess what? I'm kinda pro choice too. Right. Like kids make mistakes, kid kids make bad decisions. I'd rather somebody get a mortion than have degenerates. Raise a fucking kid. Right. You know, like it's a slippery slope, but we could, I could go on for
1: days on this. Like <laughs> Well I think I'll like well, and that's the thing, like is I feel like, you know, I want to play devil's advocate about so much stuff, like just to keep the conversation going. But I feel like that's kind of the way the country's going and you guys can talk about this too. Is like, you know, as much as you get the hardcore right wing and the hardcore left wing kind of rhetoric on that social media and in the and in the news and things like that, I feel like everyone I know is kind of more in the middle you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like everyone who everyone who I and it could be just the circles I run in and I'm not privy to what other people are doing that I don't associate with or whatever but I feel like nuanced perspective is the thing that's it's it's happening 100% the circles you run in, right? You, 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 like, you're not sitting down at fucking Starbucks, right? Right. Well, that's the other thing your, is like doing your homework, right. and associate
2: yourself with hipsters and shit like that all day. Well,
1: like, that's the other thing too is like you read like internet comments are the fucking worst, and you read internet comments and I'm like, you mean the lowest form of human? Right. As as, as a Rogan likes to put it, right. I'm like, you can't possibly believe that. You can't possibly believe that that is 100. And like. I mean, this goes along with everything else. And if you are 100% sure that you know something, I'm like, you're full of shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we talk about all the time. And that's kind of how this podcast was brought up is like, every time I get more answers... They just lead to more questions. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I feel like a lot Instead of people aren't saying, doing that.
0: There is no absolutes, but or there, the only absolute is no absolutes. Right.
1: Exactly. Like, and I'm, but when someone's like, I absolutely feel this way about this, whatever. I'm like, you're fucking useless. When I watch, useless. when I watch
2: the news or I read the news, I try to do it th- through uh, the BBC. Right. And uh, Al Jazeera. Right. Just kind of real unbiased. Very. Like you're not gonna get. And I still think like there's gonna be this. Obviously, they're still going to have ties, and they're still going to be pulled, which way, but I think you're going to get less bullshit. Right. I really, like... Not trying to sell tied and fucking... Yeah, man. It's cool. Right. It's tough to to watch the news and, like, even... I mean, I I try to watch the debate sometimes, but, like, I feel like now with debates, they're just... They did not even come in debates. They're just, like, picking on somebody that they don't like that that person doesn't like or the moderator right like oh man the, that's the moderator like, doesn't like if the moderator doesn't like you they're like they're just picking on that person
1: with questions and not really debating anything right that was that's the thing like i'm again a lot younger than the two of you uh not really a little bit um but i feel like i uh you're in your 30s now pal
2: father time is catching up to you
1: sir trying to reverse that bitch reverse that bitch (laughs) Uh, but I feel like in the debates now like again when so eight years ago um, was probably like the first time I really started to pay attention or four years ago and then eight years ago were like the two times (laughs) I really started to pay attention to the election before that like I knew it was happening I think it was like that was the first time I got to vote was before that Um, but I feel like now it's like and I feel this way about all the candidates too is it's just a fucking circus it like is. like the the moderator isn't there like the moderators get so hostile now I'm like and aggra- aggressive towards someone I'm like whoa that's not what you're here for like you're here to not let that happen and like they're the catalyst for it all I, I honestly this is for the and I hate to say this in front of my very conservative friend to my left despite what he says is like I when Barack Obama ran the first time, he was like really the last president I was like interested in. Like his whole like, I hope no, and change that doesn't anger me. Right. It's
2: a lot of people who felt that
1: way because they were ready for a change. Right? You
2: you. I'll tell you why you started paying attention to the election because we, our country was at war. Right. Like we were at war. Like historically, when you look back, and I could be wrong. I could just be babbling bullshit. I don't know. that's uh, what this Any time. There has been a president during a conflict where a nation is at war. They weren't, They lost the next election or the party changed. I can't, but I do know that's happened in the past. Like, Right. And I think the whole world is ready for a change. Like, we've been at war. At that time, we had been at war for seven years right. in 07. And then Obama ended the war, well, even essentially. That, like, like, he... Ended the war And In then got reelected.
1: Well it's also one of those yeah. things too I, I feel like Well he's, he's also he's, he's super slick You know what I mean Like he, he talks a good talk Or he did talk a good talk He had like You know He was that like He was the cool guy You know what I mean And I kind of got duped into Like Like being At least interested And be like Oh like what does this guy have to say Or whatever And come to find out He's the same as everyone else You know So Uh I don't know. Now I'm just like all the candidates. I'm like, I, I'm not getting behind any of these guys, like on either side, it's like hard to. none of them are, are inspiring me at all. You know? So it's, it's, it's weird.
0: Yeah. So I mean, like my, my biggest problem lately has just become like, it just seems like everyone just shouting out what they believe in, but nobody's actually like talking about like, well, Let's let's see if we can find a common ground. Right. It's like no black and white. Right. But um. Yeah.
2: i mean sorry I dicked up your notebook paper. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Let's go back to why. So, let's go back to why I didn't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> Batteries right there. So let's go back to uh
0: let's go back to a little bit of like the the the, the conflict over there, and uh, I mean just talking about like what. You mentally, physically have to go through. Have to, what you prepare yourself for doing. I mean, like, wh- what do you? What is your personal? I'll tell you I mean, what. Like,
2: I do wish back in the day we would have known about great like, CrossFit and things like that. Not necessarily CrossFit, just more of the hit training type mentality. Like, be because Marine Corps infantry. What do we do? We hike really fucking far with all our gear on. We, and if we're not hiking, we're running, doing push-ups and fucking pull-ups. Like, if you were lifting weights, it was your typical: you go to the gym, you do three sets of bench, three sets of squats, three. It was just, it was that. Like, so standard, very like bodybuilding. Standard, exercises. exactly. It was because that's what was. That's what you saw. Like you never, you very, very rarely saw any sort of hit training in it. I would like, I would think, we really didn't. Oh eight time frame is when I really started seeing, like, more of the high-intensity type training. Um, but still, like, you still have – you def- just like now, you still have the naysayers that don't believe in it. And, uh, I mean, Derek's heard me bitch about CrossFit just only because of the powerlifting and stuff that I, I had done. There's some things I didn't agree with. But after talking with him about it, I see, like, definitely do see the benefits in it. And I wish it would have been introduced to us from, the, from day one. Um, not just in the special forces communities. Like, uh, I'm familiar with like mostly just like Marine reconnaissance. I have a lot of, uh, friends that are Marine recon and, uh, that'd be good guests.
1: <laughs>
2: that'd be good guests.
0: <laughs> oh. So, I mean, I mean, primarily the training that you got before you went over this was yeah, it's just just, just like long, able to carry slow your, walk. Yeah, and
2: be able to carry your load. Um, be able to carry your load, and that's the issue. That I'm something I'm very passionate about now. That I don't know if you guys have seen, but they're gonna they want to start putting females in uh, combat units. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and? I don't care how fit the woman. I don't care if it's Camille Leblanc bazinet I mean, that'd be pretty sweet if she was there. But and how fit? I don't care if you're fit enough. It's no place for women. Combat units, combat in general, is no place for women. And then integrating them in with men is no, psychologically. I think it's off. I think it'd be hell. Logistically, it'd be hell. Um, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, like if you have opposite sex in the workplace, like relationships are going to develop. And then, uh, those relationships aren't going to work out, but those people are still there. And then individual A will then start a relationship with another individual. And then it's just going to create just, it's just fucking bad. It's just bad for business. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: so you're saying it's, it's infantry so much, man, not infantry lady. It's, it's it's not so much the, the physical aspect of it. Um,
2: I could which, give a fuck. Cause guess what? There's dudes that can't keep up yeah so, I, I have so you're Corman not saying that, can't that it's keep physically up. It's, it's a it's a psychological it's psychologically it's not a place for women are they tough enough cool you don't you can't integrate that and uh here's how I explained it to Rayanne like when I'm a full combat load I don't know if you'd seen my post on Facebook like yeah. when I'm a full combat load I'm fucking heavy my flak jacket my plate carrier and my Kevlar alone probably weigh close to 50 pounds if, if I get my fucking tits lit <laughs> and I go down and I'm on the X, I want to see. I want to see you fucking drag me. It's easy for me to talk shit because I can do it because I'm strong enough, dude. I'm big enough to do it. But there's plenty. There's plenty of dudes that can't move me off the X. Let alone some fucking 115 pound straw weight. Get the fuck out of here. Turn right, turn left, and get the fuck out of my face with that bullshit. Because it's not. You're not going to move me. And we just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've gone through fucking thousands of arguments about this. Right. And so being... Just being prepared. I mean... I don't think... Physically, you are they're going to be... We were always physically prepared.
1: Mm-hmm. We're
2: always physically prepared for it. Because you guys right now are physically prepared for it. It's if you're mentally prepared for it. And a lot of times, you're not mentally prepared for it. I think the way I was raised made me... Like, I don't have... Rayanne likes to say I have, like, episodes of PTS. Maybe you've seen it. Like, I'll snap sometimes. I'll flash a little bit. Um, I have triggers. I have super emotional triggers. Um, Taps. I don't know if you guys are familiar with taps, military taps. Mm -hmm. I I know who uh, Riddler is. Um, That fucking rips my fucking heart out of my soul, man. It fucking... I hear that shit, and I'm like, "Because <laughs> like every memorial, they play that. So every time somebody dies, they play that. Right. And after 04, you went, we went to memorial after memorial after memorial. And these are your boys, these are your brothers, these are your friends, and uh, I more think it's psychologically, psychological, mental, mentally prepared for combat. How do you mentally prepare yourself for it? Sometimes you you can't. Like, you can't. Like, you either have it or you don't. You can compartmentalize it, is what I do a lot. Um, and then I turn into a babbling brook watching fucking some stupid war movie. And that's another thing. I can't help but to watch those documentaries and those movies like Rest Repo and all these other documentaries like Taking Marja, because I was there, and like Generation Kill, because I was there. Like, I watched those because I...
1: I don't know.
2: I'm just addicted to it. It's familiar, you know, Yeah, it's, you it's something I know and I can right. understand. And if I watch it with my friends, I be like, "Oh yeah, fuck." Yeah, so we did that, and right? And I can explain it. But then something happens, and it has triggers, and then I curl up on the couch.
0: Is there any? I mean, does the military prepare you at all psychologically? Yeah, sure.
2: you sit through fucking safety brief and stand down after stand down after stand down. Don't beat your wife. Don't kick your dog. They don't care. I really don't think they really give that much of a fuck. So there's no
0: there's there's no real psychological stressors that that they try to try to get you guys through training, training,
2: training. You go to the field for two weeks at a time. You sleep on the ground. You eat MREs. Like the infantry. I mean, that's more of a the, physical stress. Yeah, like from what I've so heard. Jocko had it like on that podcast. He broke it down, and it made perfect sense to. And uh, his community, the special warfare community, right? They are trained to take the fight to the enemy. Right. Where marines also, they're trained to take the fight to the enemy and patrol and look for the enemy, but they're always on guard. They're always on guard because they're just patrolling unknown territory. Where so, they always have the stress of waiting on IDF. Like, right. IDF is coming, but when is it coming? Right. We're gonna patrol. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna step on an IED, but when are we gonna step on that IED? Whereas a uh, SOCOM community is here's our objective, here's our mission, here's, in here's our insert, market. here's our extract, right. boom, go get the target. And so, and like that was a, I'm sure you guys listen to that podcast, but that perfect, perfect. Like these dudes are on fucking edge all the time. But don't get it twisted, like when. The Army and uh, Marines have different TTPs. Um, What's a TTP? Tactics, procedure, see would fuck put me on spot. Uh, <laughs> i trying to think. It was right on the tip of my tongue. What were I can look it up.
1: Marines,
2: Navy, TTPs. You just put TTPs, but tactics, procedures, and plans t- t- tactics plans procedures some shit like that te- techniques 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 plans procedures um so some units are say all right if you get ambushed push through the objective or push through clear it where we in the infantry like contact left oh okay dismount we'll put these motherfucking vehicles in park and we get out and storm the objective that is that becomes the objective like because the mission is the type of patrol is it a security patrol is it a patrol to contact like whatever the mission whatever that type of patrol is but it's just patrolling but you're always waiting for something to happen instead of going to find something to make happen make sense
0: yeah, I mean it it sounds like you guys would just would put yourselves out there yeah, wait for way. contact and then That's go it. After. That's what
2: you're doing. You're essentially baiting. We're here, bitch. Let's play. Like essentially what it is. But ducks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of <laughs>
0: duck hunting.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we can we're, some good duck hunting stories we could talk about for sure. Oh, um, <sighs> so
2: cold. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so um kind of talked about you know, there's not a lot of psychological preparation for war. You know, you can sit here. It's funny. We, like, you can kind of pontificate and wax on poetically about the history of war and what goes on. But you never really know until you get there, it seems like. You know, like, the situation always changes. But like, Whoa. Well,
2: the situation changes greatly. Like, so, when the war first started, it was shoot to kill. And then it became win the hearts and minds. And then it became, like... Uh, rules of engagement changed right. tremendously to, to to a point where it put a lot of people in danger.
1: Right. Um. So you talked about the like the fact that there was um, pretty basic um, physical preparation. Um, kind of alluded to the fact that that's changed over the years. Like, what do you guys do now? Like, um, well, now,
0: yeah, have you incorporated anything? Oh man,
1: so the. We're not allowed to call it
2: CrossFit. <laughs> God damn you Greg Glassman. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's what it is. Like, Insert call branding it, now. Call it what the fuck it is. Like maybe it started maybe maybe he changed the name for his marketing, but it's high intensity interval training. And so now like instead of you're just your basic bitch gym where it's just some dumbbells and some squat racks and benches now every single gym on camp pendleton and the marine corps has hit facilities and they've taken uh shipping containers they part and they the company whoever did it is fucking genius they basically made they park a shipping container and they have pull-up bars and all sorts of like squat racks and all sorts of shit welded all the way around it and you open the doors and everything's in there that's awesome. That's awesome. That's really awesome. <laughs> it's like a portable CrossFit yeah. gym. Well, that's it's exactly like, what it is. It has the fucking... Just like you guys have your boxes, it has all the dip, <laughs> it has all the dip bars and it has everything all the way around it. And uh, you open the doors and it's... Uh, it's just bumper plates <laughs> and barbells. Like, have you
1: ever, ever heard the whole stories about um, San Francisco cross- CrossFit? Like, they were in a parking lot, same thing, and he just rented a shipping container and kept all the stuff in there. He had to bring it out, like Kelly Stratt. That's like his thing, like... They were like number ten affiliated CrossFit gym in the world at the time, but they were like just shipping containers full of shit, and then bring it out and then work on a mm-hmm. parking lot and put it put it, it all back. away. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like we need to do that. Let's get a shipping container and fill it full it's of shit. <laughs> fucking genius! <laughs> That's it's awesome. Genius.
2: And so now every every camp, every camp on Pendleton. So it's it's Camp Pendleton, and Camp Pendleton is broken up into smaller camps. Right. And uh, they put all the grunts at the most fucking northern end of base, like far away from everything. And then they'll work their way south from like headquarters and Amtraks to light armored reconnaissance to reconnaissance to artillery, and then your grunt and your infantry battalions and regiments.
1: So when um, you're doing, when, when these guys are doing their hit training or high interval intensity training, um, do they follow a program? Does someone give them a program or is it kind of you left your own devices and you it's need
2: to... It's pretty much your own shit. Like now there's so much stuff on the mm-hmm. worldwide web that you can... What's today's workout? Like I do the soft softly stuff all that's the awesome. time. Yeah, That's hard stuff. I've looked it's at a awful. lot of... It's th- th- awful. <laughs> that's why I can't walk. That's <laughs> why I can't walk. I did it... So I did... Squats. I did whatever their Monday workout was it involved fucking squats. And then I did... Wednesday I did deadlifts... I did eight sets of eight, deadlifts and bench. And then Thursday, I knew I wasn't going to have any place to do squats Saturday, so I did a squat workout Thursday, and my legs were not ready for it. Like, I, I tapped out at 335. I was like, I'm fucking done. Whatever. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Man, uh, now uh, I'm... So, <laughs> I mean,
0: going into, like, the, the physical... Um, physical workup of, of what you were doing. So you're saying, that, like, the military used to just... I mean, it's just lots of marching, which is just... I mean, you're not building any of those muscles that give you that, like, quick jump off... Like, oh, no. jump off the line.
2: No, you get strong. Like, you, like learning's gonna occur. Like, you're gonna... Tr- you have to... You if gotta you do, it do it on your own? If you don't do it on your own, then Marine Corps is not gonna prepare you for it. Like, yeah, you can... You can go down and do a combat fitness test all you want, or which is, it's basically essentially a wad. It's like an 880 sprint, and then like some ammo can presses and bear crawls, throw a grenade, drag a body, fireman carry a body, do some shit like that. But if you don't do it yourself, you're not gonna get prepared for it.
0: Yeah, so in other words, I mean,
2: essentially, like,
0: you have your life in your hands, and you need to be able to, you gotta do something That's about probably
2: it. why there's so many fucking injuries now, is because they don't prepare for it. Like, you got these kids...
1: Are injuries a big thing in the infantry right now? Oh, my fuck.
2: Yeah, but it's the that warrior culture. Just fuck, suck it the fuck up. Right. Just suck it up. <laughs> like, you... Here's a straw. Suck it up, bitch. Like, take a knee and drink some water. It's it. Here's well, it's like we all like people give the corn like us a hard time. All the the healthcare providers that like change your socks, drink some water, take a Motrin. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're using that one. That's <laughs> it.
2: Drink some water. Take some Motrin. Change your socks. And uh, so, but injuries are like I wake up like i can't just sit like i sit like this i'm gonna have to fucking stretch out like my if i sit forward too long my back locks up if i lean back if i'm too comfortable too long i'm i just lock up oh no i'll be fine i was just, just generally speaking like
1: pontificating <laughs> <laughs> waxing poetically uh so um what do you like to do to prepare yourself? I mean, you said like you wouldn't, you're not going to be on the front lines anymore, but um, are there certain. Uh, if I knew we were going. Yeah, like what? what if would I knew
2: you, we were going in country, if like I got a text right now that said, hey bitch, your leave's over,
1: like, come uh, back. Physically, what would you do to prepare to, to, to make sure that you were as prepared as possible?
2: Uh, I would up my cardio game big time. I would. But it would be it wouldn't be like ruck runs like to I would do more running probably get in the pool um, I would do hiking on my own with my own boots like my Danner's not the fucking boots that they issue us because those things suck that's crazy um, yeah well and now we we have to wear a specific boot like so Danner makes boots for us the rugged all terrain boots that we get but. I would rather wear my pronghorns. It's just they're more comfortable. Right. And then I get it. There's certain reasons why we have to wear those. We have to be uniform. What have you? Um, you think they want to give you the best stuff though? They possibly could. That's those boots are like four hundred dollars a pair. So it's be. absurd. I don't fucking get it. But <laughs> whatever. Anyway, um, I would definitely. I'd take hit training more serious. Like you know, I do just a bunch. I just do Olympic lifts and like no cardio really. Right. Unless I have to. Like, and my Olympic lifts consist of squats, deadlifts, and cleans. That's it. So
0: you can change your endurance game. I would
2: definitely change. I I would incorporate more, like, the longer water. They would be, I'd probably basic, I'd stick with probably kind of what Softleat does. Um, There's some of those workouts
1: that I'm, like, next. (laughs) next." Yeah, I've I've, I've done a bunch of them. They're brutal.
0: There's some that are just brutal. Then Josh, that,
1: um, that programming Matt's doing, I will... We have a the guy who owns a CrossFit gym that we go to. um, That Scott teaches. That he just like redid like his programming with this other guy, and it's some intense shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I mean you've got like two hours, two
0: and a half hours in the gym,
1: right? And I know you don't have that much time, but I'd be interested. No, I do. I just don't.
2: (laughs) That's the difference. I'm fucking. I'm a geographical bachelor. If there's anything I have, it's time. I started school. Nice. How much fucking time I have? Um,
0: Would you do anything about diet?
2: My diet's actually pretty good, but I drink. I drink. I love bourbon. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I love bourbon, and I love porters and stouts. Nothing I, I recently, uh, I went and... Have you been to Smutty Nose's new no. restaurant over here? No. You been, Riddler? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they got, uh, yeah, it's not a bad little place, but, um, they have, uh, winter sa- saison how do you say it saison it's pretty solid
1: yeah, at, but that's it like look just, at you look at you multi-cultured son yeah, of you. You know. saison he's, he's dropping on us in my bastards hoodie
2: <laughs> like so you always Ryan always steals my hoodies right but then she's like oh they can't wear it I was like then why you fucking steal it she's like well it says bastards on it I'm like well don't fucking don't fucking wear it <laughs> don't steal my shit <laughs>
1: I see that that wouldn't fly my wife because she wears a t-shirt that says "pirate as fuck" all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, she like wears them to
2: work. I'm like, what are you doing? Right. You can't walk into the store wearing that.
1: Right. Um. So as far as um. Diet goes on. So like right now, you're not deployed per se. You're stationed somewhere, and you can kind of uh, you're got free range on what you want to eat and things like Mm. that when you are deployed and you're kind of forced to eat those is there anything like is there anything you do to or are you able to supplement or anything like that bro
2: my sister sent me a 20 pound box filled with tuna it was tuna and hot sauce for a long time in Afghanistan and Iraq right yeah my grandfather used to send me uh Copenhagen snuff, <laughs> and long cut. I just, I'd ask, they're like, "What do you want?" I'm like, Copenhagen snuff, long cut, Newports and marble reds.
0: It's a hell of a supplement we got there.
2: <laughs> you gotta have the Newports. The brothers love the Newports. They always come be like Doc, Doc. You got any smokes? I'm like, Yeah, man, I got some marble reds. I'm like, mm, You know, I don't fuck with that white boy shit. <laughs> 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 Yeah, 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 I got some. I got, I got some Nigg ports coming, dog. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> when they meet
1: me, they'll be cool with it. <laughs>
2: they'll be like, oh, all right. So, uh, love those motherfuckers, man.
1: You So, you supplement with tuna and hot sauce. Yeah. Um, just because you can't eat MREs every day. Like, right. You just... Well, I'm, like, wondering... I heard like,
0: you get constipated as hell.
2: Yeah, in the... Like, whatever clay that is that comes out the other end, like you don't want no part of it. They give you, like, and you get inside an MRE, you get, like, you might get a moist towelette, maybe, that's not moist anymore.
0: That, that's a luxury, huh?
2: Yeah, but like the, the toilet paper packets are this big. Like, they're smaller than your that Nemo wallet that you had loaded. Right. It's about, about the size of a USB port. Yeah, and they're like, so little. little. Yeah, they're so little. Yeah. Like the, like half, like this like this big right here like half the size of yeah about that thick about that thick like that and that's what you get I'm like how am I supposed to take it I'm gonna wipe my ass with this <laughs> like you come out like it's, it's no bullshit you'll come out of the field and your t-shirt will be missing sleeves like all you have on it it's you have like a belly shirt and no sleeves you just have enough for it to where it looks like you're wearing a t-shirt.
0: You're <laughs> walking around like an early 80s oh, you know
2: many, top You know how many <laughs> pairs of dirty socks I've left out in the, wo- in the, in the woods in the woods and
1: desert. It's- <laughs> Dirty socks, t-shirts, Sacrifices and underwear. Sock. Yeah, you you have to. Sacrifices. I mean, I've done that. Fucking. I mean, we uh, playing golf before. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I told you. We, uh, wait, 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 wait! Stop the drink. You play golf? Just tried it a couple times.
2: Couple times. He got lost. He's like, "What's this? Oh, I'll try it." I mean,
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying I'm good. And I have to also mention that there's two things I don't do since I have stopped drinking: golf and bowling. Because you need to be fucking drunk to be good at either of those. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you need some swinging. You're drunk to enjoy him. Swinging to enjoy them drunk to enjoy for sure. I'm, I play a lot of golf. Actually,
2: it's fun. I like I like walking and playing it. I do it a lot, especially now. All right. And nothing else to do. I'll leave work. Don't have nothing to go home to. So I just go to the golf course and walk. Is that kind out. of like a de-stressor for you? <laughs> no, hey, golf is so fucking stressful. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I and I'm super competitive. Like Derek knows how competitive I am. too Oh yes, like, I do. Oh, God damn it. I hate fucking sucking at it. So how many clubs have you broken? I, I've wrapped
1: my putter around the golf cart one time. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a good segue to start talking about PTSD since he's talking about wrapping putters no, around PTSD. golf clubs. it's not PTSD.
2: It's not a disorder. It's just post-traumatic stress. God. I'm big on that because it's, once it gets categorized as a disorder, I think... Uh, you're not giving anybody a fair shake. Become something else. Yeah, because oh, uh, well, a disorder. It's like like a disorder. Oh, so now you're mentally handicapped. No, goddamn it! I got some fucking stress because I watched my boy's legs get blown off.
1: Well, I also think too. You, when you say disorder, you're you're automatically pinning it as a the not normal response. Right. Where being stressed out and having some. Things that you need to deal with and get off your chest, or however that is, or whatever, is a perfectly normal response to all those things that happen. You know what I mean? Like that's why, like it's it's not a disorder. It's it's a n- natural response that's going to happen to anybody. You know. You almost think it's almost a disorder if you don't come back and you don't have you know some things. Yeah, you, need you to are deal with. you are well, in like the most absolutely high is stress is situation. Pe- people. So,
2: I kind of. PTS is weird with me so i i contribute how i was raised to how i responded to the stresses of combat like my mom died when i was really young uh i was taken out of my dad's custody when i was like 11 um i kind of bounced around for a little bit my grandparents adopted me so i was used to just being fucked with like you know whatever um my grandfather was was always really tough on us too so like we weren't, he didn't ra- he didn't raise no punk. <laughs> like, 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 you fucking, you manned up. You, you manned up. Like, you, there was no whining, there was no crying, there was no pouting about the shit. Like, yo, life sucks, and this is how you do it. And he's also a Korean War veteran, so, yeah. like, he, there was no, it wasn't hugs and fucking kisses from grandpa. You got tough love. And, uh, so, I see, like, guys that I went, on my first tour with, and I see, like, how they're, milking i'll fucking say it yeah you're a pussy milking the va like i know what you did i know what you saw stop being a bitch stop you're just milking the government for a fucking handout is what it is and i've seen i've seen it more than once and so and there's a way to play the system these guys get out and they don't want to work they want they're entitled they're like, oh, I went to war, so you, f- I did this for the country, and nobody else, and these other motherfuckers didn't. So, you're gonna pay me for the rest of my life because, because I was in one firefight and it fucked me up for life. Hey, get the fuck out of here. Um, so, is there a hundred percent? There's people that have post-traumatic stress without question, um, but I think the response to it isn't fucking drugs and uh
1: ssris
0: what's that stand for
1: i don't, you, don't fucking ask me that i just know <laughs> i Ser- just know serotonin reuptake inhibitor ah. why do you know that i'm not as dumb as i look man <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it, like but they just they put these people on they just dope these dudes up to deal with it and these guys get 100% disability for having post traumatic stress and the government's paying them 3030 something hundred dollars a month ask
1: the ask the riddler what uh ssri selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor nailed it so close well you forgot
2: an s it's like you said "SRI." Start my life <laughs> but uh um, so close
0: so you're saying medication medication is really not the answer.
1: I don't think so. I mean, what what do you think the answer is?
2: If you, I mean, I'm not. I can't. I I can't tell you what the answer is. I can just bitch about it. I mean, people handle people handle stress differently. What's my answer to it? Yeah. It's I. It's not alcohol. I drink alcohol because I like the way alcohol fucking tastes. Right. It's not, not not alcohol dependent. I like the taste of good beer. And good bourbon. Well, the, uh, the my other thing too is like, my idea was stressed by hunting and fishing and going to jujitsu and playing golf. Like, there's you ways found to, outlets. You've, you've, yeah, and it, I get rain ambitious in me a lot because I can't, I compartmentalize so much because I, I don't that's, like that's to a, talk about that's it. a male thing though. I, think, I,
1: I, too. I yeah, I, I I'd say anything. I I, that's like that's one thing that I've been able to do in my old age. Not to like as I get older is really compartmentalize things. Like I can like take something that's really bothered me and leave it someplace and go do something else and take my mind off it where i know like my wife like if she has something that bothers her it seeps into every aspect Mm -hmm. of you know whatever she's got going on and like i feel like that compartmentalizing thing is like it's true to the male you know condition i feel like definitely
0: i mean i remember when i was a kid just i mean even as a younger person like like when you're when you're 21 22 it's like you have the world at your feet and you're everything is just circling in your head and it it's like as i've grown older i've been able to do like compartmentalize everything like whereas a kid like you're you your brain is a wh- yeah.
2: whirlwind well now i i just i'm kind of I just do the things that I wish I would have done more of, like, now I go out in the woods more, like, uh, I do, I I try to spend a little more time with my brother, since I'm back in California, even though he lives, like, it's like a fucking nine-hour drive, but it's worth it when I go up there, because we go try to kill as many animals as we can, we just, just something we've always done together, just outdoorsmen, like, we were raised out as outdoorsmen, hunting and fishing our whole life, and so now that I'm kind of just living the geo-bachelor life, like, I just go to the woods on the weekends. I'll just go up to the mountains and camp out and hang out. and th- That's what relaxes me. Shit like that. Until I think I was getting tracked by a mountain lion. <laughs> did, I, did I send you those pictures? Yeah. Send a picture. so,
1: so Josh, Dude. on a regular basis, I'll be like, I mean, this is a whatever, however many, like three or four hour time difference, whatever. And I'll be like at work, whatever. And Josh sends me a picture. Like, it's this boot inside a mountain lion track. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Fuck that noise. Run, run. <laughs> well, like, it was weird
2: because, like, I, uh, I was tracking myself on my GPS. And I went about six miles and I'd found the first mountain set of mountain lion tracks. And I, was like, I was like, oh, fuck, because I was deer hunting. I was like, great. There's a fucking mountain lion up here. Chances are, it's probably not going to be any deer up here. And the tracks were relatively fresh. And then I hiked another six miles. I found more tracks. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, his cocksucker is either following me or there's a, a lot of mountain lions or there's more mountain lions up here. Either way, I was just like, oh, fuck it, I'm done. Like After I saw like the second set of mountain <laughs> lions. The
1: first track, ones didn't deter him. It was the seconds. Well, I was just, <laughs> at that point, well,
2: I'd, fuck, by that time, I'd put like, i put like 11 miles on on my legs that day up and down the hills, and I was pretty tired. And I was just like, I Fuck it, I'm gonna go home because it's not
1: it gonna run from that bitch.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, in California, too, if you're bow hunting, you can't carry a sidearm. What? Yeah, because the game warden can't tell the difference between a fucking hole and an animal from an arrow or a gun. I don't know. It's so stupid, especially when there's Once no. Once
0: again, the personal protection <clears throat> debate. Like right. it's,
2: it's, that's the thing. Like California, and California has the worst predator control. The worst predator control. Mountain lions are running fucking rampant right. in California. I just heard, like in there's like twenty down, downtown, like yeah, areas. in Los Angeles. That's crazy. On Camp Pendleton alone, there's 22 documented mountain lions. And you got guys sleeping out there. Oh, on a fucking dude. Yeah, they're not gonna attack. Like they know they're they're smart. They don't, they're going to take the easy target. Right. But, uh, I mean, Northern California, they have tons of mountain lions, the fucking, they have control of the bears, but I think once the, the limit on black bears in California for the whole year is 1800. So they can sell, um, as many, as many, uh, bear tags as they want, but once they hit eighteen hundred, beer season bear season's done. Yeah, for that huge fucking state yeah, too. Yeah, well, it's a massive state. Yeah.
1: Um Yeah man, that's that's crazy there's that many mountain lions <laughs> being tracked by mountain lions oh and there's now the,
2: like the, I, uh, my brother's like hey I'm going hunting up in Shasta and I just I was looking just looking at a Department of Fish and Game Online and the first page as soon as you open it talks about the uh, gray wolves and I screenshot it I sent it to him he's like yeah if I see a gray wolf I'll f- be sure not to shoot that coyote <laughs> get the fuck out of here <laughs> because those I ain't fucking with wolves man there's just no predator control it's no good
1: um so a couple things I want to touch on before we kind of wrap this up was um I know you primarily from or or the way we got introduced to each other was because of jujitsu um and we had a conversation a little while ago about how that I mean, it's like I talked about, it's it's the lens that I see life through at this point. Um, you know, everything that I do is kind of predicated on, you know, the fact that I went through everything that I went through in jujitsu, you know, the trials and tribulations and the people I've met and everything like that, and we talked about how those are the circles that I run in, you know. Um how has Jiu Jitsu affected your life as far as Everything, you know, like...
2: You had given me that book, because right, well, we had had this, we'd had this discussion before. Right. That's what briefly, I kind of want to touch and, on. And uh, well, it definitely humbled me. Right. Like, I instantly learned that I wasn't the toughest guy, which hurt my ego a little bit, but I was able to bounce back from it. Um, but I got addicted. I didn't like not knowing that I wasn't good at something. I'm still awful at jiu but but... Um, I needed it like it humbled me so much and like it just it changed my it changed my life for sure it changed my life and you'd given me the book of five rings and I didn't finish it but I'd read a little bit of it and it just now like since I haven't been training much like I have this itch like I need it like I need it in my life now because it changed my life in such a positive way when I had first started that now I have to now I need it in my life like it's for lack of a better term it's how I center my chi sometimes like sometimes I need to go in there and get beat up right I need fucking the Riddler to choke me out and I, I need to get feel that judo pressure I need to I need to feel the fucking sometimes I just want it like I like I'm glutton for punishment right sometimes I want to get humbled sometimes I want to see these like it's not about me choking people out anymore and trying to break limbs. It's putting myself in a, I hate this term, but it's so true. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. Like, and so like now that I can definitely tell when I don't do it, like how like my body's like, my body's affected. when right. I'm not doing it like a whole, like every, a lot of things are different when I'm not doing it. And so that's why we do it at work now. Nice. Like I have, I have a guy who trained, who's MMA fighter, and uh, he's a blue belt. He's probably a fucking purple belt actually. Right. But he just does no gi. <laughs> right. He only essentially does no gi mostly. Right. And uh, and he's big too. He's like two twenty, six one, two twenty. He's fucking mutant. Right. And uh, Nate will come in, beat us up pretty good. But it's just something we can do at work. Now we can just like, hey bring your gi bring your grappling shorts and let's go to the gym nice. jam over to the gym A recon first recon battalion has the best gym on base <laughs> Sh- shocking
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean i'm i'm you know uh this is gonna sound like i'm blowing smoke up josh's ass um you know i would say that in my life the three biggest influences i've had really are my parents jiu jitsu and josh to be honest with you um you know if it wasn't for josh you know i've lived it in new england my whole life never lived anywhere else you know i've been and i mean i the first vacation i went on in 12 years was to go visit josh you know uh last fall so um but beyond that you know i lived in this area this whole time and I never hunted before, and Josh was like, what are you doing living here and not hunting? You're fucking crazy, you know? So, like, and Josh spent the time, you know, we got prepared, we, I mean, we talked about it on the way over here, we shot probably hundreds of boxes of clays and, you know, can't count how many boxes of bird shot, you know, and then we went, started duck hunting and we shot three ducks all year, you know? But it was like just getting out there, you know, getting up in the crack of dawn. That's like, I went and picked Josh up this morning, Um Picked them up at seven fifteen. Left my house at six o'clock, and I was like, "Man, this is just like going yeah, to hunt." Like, you know, it's dark out. We're going. You know, got all got all our shit together. Sitting out there in freezing cold water and your waders, whatever. And like, if you would have told me, just like jujitsu or starting CrossFit or whatever, if you would have told me a year before I met Josh that I would enjoy getting up at the ass crack of dawn. <laughs> putting some waiters on and going to stand in a fucking pond waiting for some ducks to show up that I would enjoy it. And we like, fuck you. You are out of your goddamn mind. But now it's like one of my fun things to do, but it's also one of those things where like, since Josh left, I haven't hunted because that's something that Josh and I do together. Um, but other than that, you know, he's kind yeah, of, we're going to build some tree stands in your property up there. We are going to do that. Um,
2: Lots of big The plants. deer that fucking moved through there is right. ridiculous. Crazy. And you got tons of And, trails. Those, and those turkeys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Riddler's got this fucking zoo back here. How much property is behind you? Uh, oh, that way? Yeah. It's gone. Nothing. This, it's
1: a, I don't know how to describe it's it. Just it's just a forest? Like hundreds of acres. It's yeah. just a forest behind you? Yeah, I have three here, but it just goes forward. Well, there's a house there, but beyond that, there's a... There's a turkey... Oh, yeah. He walks every morning. There's deer everywhere. Oh, I was, I was trying to tell you. You got to be real mad in two years when you, Josh is at your house at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> thumping, <laughs> thumping turkeys in your driveway.
2: <laughs> hey, but I smoke some good turkey legs, man.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah. So, like I said, Josh Josh has been a huge influence on in my life. He's kind of taught me, you know, um, about different kind of you know it's gonna sound dramatic but you know kind of being a man you know um you know my dad and, and my family you know instilled that in me young and then Dude,
2: your fucking dad is arguably one of the manliest
1: people <laughs> i've ever met like, don't, don't he's say like that guy yeah, that's true um but that jujitsu and josh you know and now uh, i'm real glad that we sat down and had this conversation today and um you know there's so much more we can get into but you know, hopefully Josh will be a recurring guest on this program. Absolutely, um, for sure. Is there anything you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Say anything. No, man, this is awesome. Um,
2: I mean, we could just like any time we can sit down and fucking talk about anything
1: forever. Right. No, this is this is a good time. It's mm. awesome. All right, thank um, you.
2: Anything you have? Ask
1: questions. Anything? No, I'm good. I, yeah. think we're, I think this is it. Right. So um, stay tuned for another episode of the Sharp Iron Society um, coming up. Hopefully we'll, we'll have some more awesome guests in the next um, coming weeks. You know, that's kind of what this podcast is all about is, um, you know, keeping that iron sharp. You know, sharp iron sharpens iron is kind of where we got got this from. And um, it, yeah. it fits so well with everything that we do between, you know, the martial arts and, you know, lifting weights and getting stronger and then, you know, um you know the firearms thing that you know we all kind of have access to and then um you all we all meaning scott and i um but then also uh you know keeping your mind sharp and making yourself better every day and you know um if there's anything i can say about josh is that he's made himself um the best person he can be under you know some pretty harrowing circumstances from you know the way he was you know brought up losing his mom at an early age and then during the military and and making himself the best soldier he could be and then the best person he could be and um that's kind of what this whole podcast is all about
2: army has soldiers we're just warriors
1: you're a warrior right? <laughs> making, <laughs> making himself the best we're just, warrior we're ever. just bastards <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah stay tuned and uh, we'll uh do this again real soon thanks just Bye. Tonight.